the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. So yesterday, President Trump appeared to admit yesterday that his son, Don Jr., met with the Russians in Trump Tower with the intent of getting dirt on Hillary Clinton. He tweeted, and I quote, This was a meeting to get information on an opponent, totally legal and done all the time in politics, and it went nowhere. I did not know about it, end quote. Now, this, of course, set everybody's hair on fire all day yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, Donald Trump. He contradicted what he said last year. Okay, of course he did. Don Jr.'s statement regarding the meeting was this, quote, We primarily discussed a program about adoption of Russian children that was active and popular with Russian or American families years ago and since ended by the Russian government. But it is not a campaign issue at the time, and there was no follow-up, end quote. But was Trump's admission yesterday something that we didn't know already? We've seen the emails from Don Jr. accepting the meeting after they offered compromising information on Clinton. But it all went south when the Russians came in and all they wanted to do was talk about adoption and the Magnitsky Act. So whether the president actually knew about this meeting or not, we may never know. But we do know that high-level members of the campaign at least wanted to collude. They just never got the chance. And again, this is as far as we know. And we've known this for over a year. So there is nothing new here. Now, I did see uh, a line in an NBC News story that got my attention. Directly after quoting the president's admission uh, in the tweet, the article said this, quote, It is illegal for campaigns to accept help from a foreign government or from foreign nationals, end quote. Now, see, this is really interesting. Because if that is true, why haven't the senior members of the DNC and even Hillary Clinton not been arrested? Because the DNC hired a foreign national, a former spy, Christopher Steele, and he got information, not only is he English, but he got information from the Russians. Why isn't that a problem? The Trump campaign wanted information from a foreign national, a Russian lawyer, a friend, but didn't get it. Clinton campaign wanted information on Trump hired by a foreign spy from a foreign nation state and then used that information to manipulate the FBI and the DOJ. Out of those two scenarios, how are they different? I mean, I think one is worse than the other. One candidate tried and failed, and the other one was successful in getting compromising information. Whether any of it is actually true or not is another issue. But she then used that information to try to swing the election. And the fallout is still affecting the public opinion to this day. In the end, both sides were wrong. Team Trump was wrong for accepting the meeting under those conditions. Shouldn't have had that meeting. Shouldn't have taken it. Team Clinton was wrong for yet another crime that she will never have to answer for. But no one's concentrating on the larger issue here. How often does this kind of activity happen? How many foreign nationals are making money off U.S. elections? How many foreign nationals are influencing our elections? On the other hand, how many of our citizens are making money influencing elections in other countries? Tune in tonight to TV on The Blaze. Because you're going to see a story that you won't believe. 
This is a California wildfire of corruption. It's Monday, August 6th. Mm. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Trying to get a legal expert on. I exchanged tweets yesterday with Ben Shapiro uh, on this, and he says, you know, it's really not... It's really not illegal to accept the information. It's more of campaign finance stuff. So he's not sure that NBC is even right. I wanted to get Dershowitz on and see if he could answer this question for us. Because everything else we say about it is speculation. And that's the problem with the story. Again, at some point, the Mueller investigation's over and they release a report. At that time, we can all talk about what's in it. Yeah. Right now, we don't know what they have. We, we can, who care, what he tweets is so meaningless. Who cares what he tweets when it comes to these things? You know, I mean, I, it, let's just say, let's let's say he came out and said, "I, by the way, I did intend to collude, and that's exactly what I was trying to do." And the and everything that everybody said on the left is right; it's correct. And then they, so they, what, what are they going to do? They're going to ask him about it, and then he'll say the opposite. It's a tweet. Oh, yeah. A tweet is not like you can try to bring tweets into an investigation, but I mean, people tweet about things all the time; they embellish. They they overstate what they're saying. He's not testifying on Twitter. I mean, it's just, it's just, a lot of this is positioning it, yeah. is for the media's sake. And and once again, we you know sit here and have to deal with it every week. I there don't understand are, it. There are much more important things that actually are going to affect our lives uh, that are happening right now. Uh, and I mean, let's just look at a few of them uh, today. I want to talk to you about what happened in Portland. This weekend, Uh, being from the Pacific Northwest, I think I have a different uh, point of view on this. I think real danger is coming from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, There was a riot in in Portland that I mean, we just had a guy on the streets in uh, with with the you know, with a riot in uh, where was it? Uh, The Palestinian occupied territories in Israel. I mean, Jason was on the ground. This thing up in up in uh, in Portland, I thought, was bigger and more intense than it was over in Israel. Um, so we're gonna we'll talk about that. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I, I guess I want to start here. I wanna, I wanna ask you: Shouldn't we trust the American people? Shouldn't we, as an organization, trust you with all of the information? Stop giving you a slant one way or another. Just give you the information. Give you our perspective on it. But just give you the information. There's a couple of things. Having a... Uh, chat this morning i I really want to talk to uh, what's his name Uh, joey gibson is his name he's the guy who started the patriot prayer organization up in portland they were the other half of you know the riot they're being described as alt-right i don't know if they're alt-right i certainly don't trust the the press to tell me what's alt-right and what's not i mean they'll tell you that the you know, the neo-Nazis and Richard Spencer are alt-right. No, as an alternative to the right. Well, they, they are alt-right. Yes. They just aren't right. Correct. 
They are an alternative to the right, which goes back to the left. Because they are for socialism, they stand against the Bill of Rights, the Constitution. You know, they're, 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 they're not, they have nothing in common with the right, with the American right. So who are these guys? And the debate is, you want to give these guys a voice? No, I'm not saying that these guys in particular are bad. Yeah, and I would give Antifa a voice too. If I could find a spokesperson for Antifa, I'd put Antifa on the air. Shouldn't you hear it for yourself from them? I'm tired of we're, we're we are leaving the we are leaving the place to where um, people are hiding. They're just saying it. In fact, let me play MSNBC. Here's here's we're in a unique place right now, and we're going to pass it. Here's MSNBC over the weekend, and they were talking about. Americans who fear socialism. Now, I want you to listen to what they're saying. This <laughs> fulfills one of the things I said would happen when I was at Fox, that the masks are going to come off and they're all just going to say, yes, this doesn't work. We are socialists. Now, they've done that in the last six months. The Democratic socialist, uh, you know, that are running and all of this, all of this talk about open socialism. Okay. All right, well, that's refreshing. At least we know where they stand. However, the window is closing because listen to the way MSNBC is talking about it. Listen. I also think we sit here and we talk about this big concept of socialism. We debate what it actually means. All the polling that I've seen when people go out state by state and ask what people care about, it's about the cost of health care. Yes. Right? That's what people care about. Yes. So if you can show up and you can say, I'm going to take care of the cost of health care, like that's a really powerful argument. But you're getting into details and you're talking about a nuanced, powerful argument. Yeah. But lots of people don't get into the argument. They just go, oh my gosh, socialist, I can't have that. It's going to take all my money and i will tell you if the entire democratic party gets branded as socialist successfully going into the midterms or into the 2020 presidential depending on who takes that mantle they lose even Period, if those are winning story. policies it's, exactly. it's such a it's such a difficult this term. is the thing this is the thing we can reject the label and just simply there's an old philosophical concept let's explicate by elimination let's get rid of the term and see what it stands for when yes. we talk about decent wages we talk about yep. being able to afford one's house when we talk about being able to send one's kid to to an affordable college when we talk about the yeah. basic on the ground issues that we saw this okay, in Virginia. Then, Eddie, then the answer is take a page from the Republicans' yeah. playbook. They've hijacked the word patriot. The word patriot is a beautiful, what, strong American word. It but, means but, one who defends the honor and values of their country in the face what, of foes. What, the president does I, the opposite in the eyes of Helsinki. I wish we could figure out what it is that we could call socialism because my frustration is what do you want to call what they have in Germany where they've got a bigger social state, you don't fall through the cracks, and yet somehow they've made Manage to not uh, not fail as a state. And whatever you want to call that, manufacturing powerhouses. In the whatever world. you want to call Denmark. Any we can name a bunch of different countries that have that. Whatever you want to call that, can we have that? I tell you, I because it's you not radical. <laughs> yes, it is actually. It's very radical. Um, and you know, I'm so tired of the Denmark and the Norway things. They are massively failing now. They are running away from socialism. It works when you have a homogenous society. When you have everybody blonde hair, blue eyed, everybody's from the same place, everybody uh, feels the same way, everybody is connected to the land, if you will. The minute you start to add in 
immigrants, the minute you start to have a real influx of immigrants who say, no, 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 I don't want to be like you. The whole thing begins to shimmy apart. And that's what's happening in Norway and Denmark and Sweden. It's all coming apart. By the way, our way is better. Our way is is. better. You know, not just keeping a society homogenous is better. We've picked a better way, a better path here. Right. But it doesn't. The point is, it doesn't work. It also socialism never works. You can have socialism or open borders, but you cannot have both. So which one do you want? If you have a, a sign that says free stuff for all, you must control the numbers coming through the door. Because you can't afford to keep the door open all the time and feed people who are not from your neighborhood or from your your country or whatever. You have to have control of the border if you want socialism. And open borders are not. It fails eventually anyway. Yes, it does. But it it just makes it so much faster. It makes it so much more difficult. Can we quickly uh, point out one thing here? Yeah. That keeps it's frustrating to me right now. What we're hearing from a lot of people in the democratic socialist pitch right now mm-hmm. is how bad, and it's returning to the top of the polls, how bad peop, uh, the health care costs are, how high they are, how people are concerned about them. It's coming to the top of their minds yet again. Can we all remember that Obamacare wasn't repealed? It's still in force right now. This whole thing you told us was going to solve the problems when it came to health care. Made the problem worse. It didn't change anything it made it worse and we never got rid of it they, they fooled her with it a little bit on the edges uh and they've been able to, to do a couple of things but really there's been very little effect from anything trump has done since getting into office or anything that the congress has done since since uh trump got into office this is this is just obamacare so when you're complaining about the cost of health care you're complaining about your solution for the cost to health care and they can't, they can't let them get away with this. All of a sudden, now we have to go to socialism? So here's, We have to go further left to solve the problem you created by going further left? That's the way they always do it. Always. So here's the, so here's the thing. You'll notice that what they're saying is, let's not talk about socialism. Let's talk about, you know, the cost of health care and the cost of your home. Well, that's fine. Except you're not talking about the actual cost the the anchor mocked oh these are going to take all my money yes that's what socialism does and then socialism makes everybody into a nice little brick everybody's the same well we're not the same we are vastly different you know i i watched a show this weekend called the hour on the bbc it's a series came from i don't know 2012 or something like that and uh, it's really good. It's about a TV show that was started in the 1950s. It's, it's a drama. Uh, and uh, it's how they are putting on the first kind of like a 60 minutes in, uh, in England. But you watch a first few episodes of this thing. You are going to pr- appreciate the United States of America. Unlike you've ever appreciated it before. You are going to appreciate the progress that we have made and how far ahead of the game we were from everywhere else. When you see what the press had to deal with to be able to to be able to get past the government censors 
And anybody who is liberal at all, watch that. Watch that. You tell me that, you know, well, journalism. I mean, it's so much better with the BBC. Really? Watch them. Watch it. Watch what they have to do. Watch what they have to change because of funding. Watch who they have to kiss their butts on. Watch the censors come in and watch every show. Watch the journalists look around to see if anybody from the government is peering over their shoulder. Watch it. That's what a socialist nation is. A government, a group of government officials running your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never met a a government official that I thought would be better running my life than me. And I run my life pretty lousy. I'm not not good. I will tell you this. I'm much better than the U.S. government is. We can all agree, though, that it's good at things. Good things always come from American commentators praising the German uh, system. This has never led to anything that turned out negative in the end. And we should always remember that. I didn't even get to my real question here. <laughs> there's so to, much in that clip. To to. Yeah, there is. And there's so much to talk about today. You see what's happening in South Africa? There's, they are taking the homes now of, yeah. of white people, and they're calling all white people murderers. I mean, we are, we are on the brink. We are on the brink. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, American financing. I don't know if you've noticed the, uh, have you seen the, have you seen the, the uh, interest rates? Interest rates are going up. Owning a home has never been easier. It is a good investment. Uh, if you looking, if you're looking to buy or uh, or refinance your home, I highly recommend you refinance your home. Uh, do it now. It is going to become harder and harder for you to get a loan. Uh, it's with the the belt is going to be tightened, uh, and I think that. Um, Interest rates are going to start uh, going up faster and faster. Now, you need somebody who is not trying to sell you anything. You need somebody that doesn't work on a commission to get you into this particular loan. You need somebody who is looking out for you and listening to you. This is what I have. This is what I need. Is there anything available? And then they go out and find it. It's American financing. I want you to find out information about how you can... uh, Close on your loan is in fast as 10 days. Americanfinancing.net. I've known these people for a very, very long time. I've, I've known them for years before they became advertisers, and I think they are really solid people. It's Americanfinancing.net. Americanfinancing.net. Or you can call them at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Americanfinancing.net. American Financing Corporation. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Some news broke this weekend, and uh, I think I have to take a stand that I really don't want to take. Well, you don't have to. I mean, no one's <laughs> forcing you to do anything. We haven't. We discussed this. Yes, well, I think yeah, we but do. we've discussed it, and maybe that's enough. We talked about I it before the show. Not to speak is to speak. Well, but I mean, no one's going to know, and we could change what the topic is right now. <laughs> right. No one's going to know what we said we had to talk about. 
man's character is tested mm-hmm. when you have to take a uh, stand for things that you don't want to stand for. Unless you don't. And <laughs> that's next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you only have about uh, five minutes today and you're kind of running around, make sure you come back and listen to the podcast because I think this is going to be a long conversation that's going to uh, um, encompass several news stories today. Um, but it is all around freedom of speech and trusting the American people. Do we trust the American people? And if your answer is no, then we have to have a deeper conversation about the failure of the American experiment because it does not work. If we don't trust each other, if we don't trust each other to make the right decisions, then somebody has to be in control. And that means that the, you know, the American system is, is, is a failure or at least it is at this point. So should we have, should I have members of Antifa on so you can hear them? Or is that just giving them a platform? Should I have members of Patriot Prayer on? Or is that just giving them a platform? Should Richard Spencer come on? Alexander Dugan, who I think is extraordinarily dangerous, should he be a guest? And I'm not saying have a an open forum to say whatever you want, but to without pushback. Um, But I'm not saying set up a confrontation either. What I'm saying is why do people join these groups? They join these groups because nobody's listening to them and nobody is reflecting their concerns. Now, I don't think that, Racism is taking over our nation. I really don't. I do think that there is a strong pushback from multiculturalism. And that's totally different. And we should have that conversation. But is there a limit to free speech? I don't think there is. Let me give you the first example. I think if you've listened to me for very long, you know exactly how I feel about Alex Jones. I don't like Alex Jones. I think Alex Jones is a dangerous man. I think Alex Jones has, I, I think there's a possibility uh, in listening to him that he has a serious, you know, some sort of mental condition uh, that uh, his, his he's over the he's over the edge in my opinion. You could say without the millions of dollars, Alex Jones is the guy on the corner with the megaphone. The problem with yeah. that analysis is that with the millions of dollars, he's the guy on the corner with the megaphone. Correct. Okay, so now <laughs> uh, people have been suing him, and I think you know rightfully so. If you know they've been slandered or libeled, and and uh, you know some of the stuff he's done has just been despicable, just despicable. However, now he's being taken off of Facebook. He's being taken off of Apple iTunes. Those are the two, by the way, those are two big breaking stories over the past 24 hours. He, yeah, they removed four of his podcasts off of iTunes and removed his... But only four? They're not taking him entirely. 
there's one program for whatever reason didn't get pulled. It's called like News Night or something. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's a different type mm-hmm. of show that maybe doesn't deal in the same types of stuff Alex Jones does. It doesn't. It's not hosted by Alex Jones. Okay. It's hosted by somebody else. And then uh, they also have uh, four pages from Infowars and Alex Jones were taken down, which are the Alex Jones channel, the Alex Jones page, the Infowars page, and the Infowars nightly news page. So if you yesterday uh, were looking for Alex Jones, you may have found him. Today, you're not going to find him. I mean, a celebration in some regard for, uh, you know, common decency. However, a very sad day for freedom of speech. Now, iTunes and Facebook, they're private corporations. They can do whatever they want. They can make it up as they go if they want. I don't like it, but they're a private corporation. So if they decide that's what they want to do, well, they're a private corporation, and we don't have anything to say about it unless we make them into a utility, which is really bad. Because once we make them into utility, well, good heavens. Now you've got the federal government deciding who's good, who's bad. And how ridiculous would that be? As soon as it was a utility, it would start being run terribly and everyone would bail on it anyway. And then mm-hmm. there would be a new site that everyone went to anyway. It, yeah. It's a silly, silly so solution. Bad. So it won't work. Um, now, he hasn't been taken off the Internet. The problem is, though, you need a you need a provider. You need a you need a platform to be able to have a place on the Internet. And the platforms are kicking him off, which, again, because they're private They have a right to do that. But should voices be silenced in America? Should communist voices have been silenced in the 1950s? Should the voices of, you know, the homosexual league in the 1950s, should they have been silenced? I'm not comparing Alex Jones to, well, kind of communism is, I think, just as destructive as Alex Jones uh, is. But the thing, whatever is opposed at that time, right? I mean, back in the 50s, there was a totally different set of values, which is why these points are supposed to be Mm self-evident and long-lasting. Because the thing that we oppose changes. The thing that is absolutely beyond the pale, that could never be allowed to be heard changes from year to year seemingly now from minute to minute and you know i don't know i mean it's interesting to see what's happening here think about forget alex jones and the things he says for a second and because we all agree they're they're despicable yeah the the guy's built a business right the guy's built a nice big business where he sells he tells you know he's able to sell to his listeners and viewers pills uh that will change your genitals <laughs> whatever <laughs> he's selling male vitality formula to millions of people congratulations apparently. congratulations on that again i don't i don't i don't think this is a good business but think <laughs> about what the business is right he's built the, his entire business uh on things like uh youtube and itunes and uh facebook and other social media his entire business is there. Now, the, it's funny because InfoWars, like, I, as far as I understand it, and I'm no Alex Jones historian here, but my InfoWars was essentially an idea to, you know, the main, whatever, the big media people, those evil corporate people like the ones and, you know, you know, the people who actually hire 
others, mm-hmm. right? Those people. Even evil talk radio, right, is a these corporate interests. So I'm going around those corporate interests and bringing it right to you on YouTube and Facebook and iTunes. Mm-hmm. And now YouTube and Facebook and iTunes are saying, no, we're not going to allow you to do that anymore. So here's a here's a company that's built. It has a bunch of, you know, tentacles in all of these different major uh, platforms. And one by one, they are being targeted by there are, you know, the BuzzFeed article about uh, iTunes talks about a group called which I'm not familiar with. Uh, it's called Sleeping Giants. Uh, and they are apparently a group targeting Alex Jones's uh, Alex Jones and all these media sources to get them to take him off the platform. Same time, Alex Jones is being sued by like seemingly a new a new group every week. And I've, I've openly speculated about this, and this is Alex Jones-level conspiracy theory. I have absolutely no information. But I feel like it's one of those things where, similar to Peter Thiel as he went after Gawker, there's some big funder who's funding lots of lawsuits against Alex Jones right now. I, I could be completely wrong about that, but it feels the same way. And again, completely legal. Um, I'm sure it's not Peter Thiel doing it. It's, it would be somebody else you know, using that playbook. But it is interesting to see he's being targeted by multiple lawsuits all at the same time. He's been saying this nonsense forever. When when Alex Jones came into our lives, he was pairing with socialists like Cynthia McKinney to complain about the Bush administration. Blowing up the World Blowing Trade Center. Blowing up the World Trade Center. That is who this guy is. He's never been a conservative yeah, or a right winger. The 9-11 truther stuff really was born with him yeah he's the father of that movement basically and now we're all supposed to act as if he's some hardcore right winger well and that doesn't make any sense he never was and and that's no he has alexander dugan on in a regular basis yeah you know the left in a in a in a positive positive way right the left loves they're they're doing the same thing they did with fascism when mussolini mussolini was no right winger like this is insanity. He was a socialist. He was a socialist. Do you know? Do you know how fascism really began? Do you know what that was? That was that was from Mussolini. Mm-hmm. He's in he's in World War One, and he sees how people are fighting, and he comes out the other side, and he's like, "Look, man, communism is the way to go." But nobody in Italy was fighting for the workers of the world. They were fighting for Italy. So we have to make this national socialism, not international socialism, international socialist workers of the world. That is that's communism, national socialist workers. That's fascism. The only difference is, are you nationalist? Do you own everything or do you do you govern it? And own some of it, but you tell industry what to do. All right. That's why the voting records of of, of the, the Nazi Party and the Communist Party are incredibly similar. Yes. Up until they started really hating each other and the struggle for power. But their voting records, they, right. they supported the same policies right. largely. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see this happen because that's that's been what the media's done for a long time. They're trying to push Alex Jones. And, and look, he, he really likes Trump. So I can see there is a sensible, uh, you know high there i'm not saying there's nothing there but i mean they've been trying to push alex jones off on the right for a very long time mm-hmm. um but it's interesting to see this happen because i you know there's nobody who thinks alex jones is worse for the world than i do i am and you i mean i think 
he's terrible. He's a terrible, terrible influence. And I hate the fact that he that he that the right has to bear some ownership of his ridiculous nonsense. But the idea, it seems to me that the simple thing to do here is to let people when they sign up to hear something, let them hear it. Like the idea that you need to go through Facebook and they have every right to do this. They're a private company, as you mentioned. But it's like the idea that they have to go through and try to manipulate what people hear when they've chosen to try to seek so it out is here's the amazing a bad thing. idea. Here's the amazing thing. Facebook came to people like us, content creators, and said, hey, put your content on here. Give us your listeners. And then we'll we'll provide a place to where you can communicate with them in a different way. So we did. You went to Facebook. A lot of our audience went to Facebook and Twitter for the very first time because we said, hey, we're there. Help support us. Yada, yada. Then once they got all of our listeners, then Facebook said, yeah, well, those listeners, they don't really want Glenn. They're not really here for them. We'll give them some Glenn and access, but not all of it. We're going to throw some other things in we think they're going to like. Okay, well, that's good, but wait a minute. I just gave you my listeners so we could communicate. Now you're boxing me out of my communication with my listeners. If they want to do that, that's fine. They want to thumbs down stuff, and then the algorithm changes. That's fine, but you're changing the algorithm. And then they box you out and then say, oh, by the way, Glenn, if you want access to the people you brought to the table, you have to pay for it. Or worse, we're not going to let them see your stuff. Or worse, you actually pay to get access to them initially, and then you pull the rug out after we've given you the money. Because a lot of these places have paid for advertising to uh, to acquire these yeah. listeners. And think about this. There's never been, never been, in, in a, I think probably the history of the world, has never been more free advertising given to a company than Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Every single show that comes on the air will tell you to go to Facebook or Twitter to get their information. Mm-hmm. And then when they go there and they take the time to sign up, then later on you say no. I mean, how many times has probably Alex Jones said, go to Facebook, go to iTunes and get my podcast? All these people go there, they sign up to get it, and then... Block out. They get blocked out. And it's not just, that's not what's happening to him. He's actually being removed. And he's not being removed for fake news, by the way, or lying about the 9-11 conspiracy theory. He's, he's, he's being removed because he's apparently uh, violated their hate speech guidelines. Um, again, and again, they can they have the right to have those guidelines. So I am stuck in this place to where I am a free speech absolute absolutist. Uh, and I, you know, first they come for Alex Jones. So longer conversation. We have a couple of other things that fit into that uh, today. We'll get to in just a moment. Let me tell you about Simply Safe. They are our sponsor this half hour, and we are very grateful for their loyalty to this uh, program and to their sponsorship over the last, what, half decade. They have fantastic protection. It's really easy to use. And uh, they've gone from a company, when they first joined us, I think they had five people. And it was just a small little company. And uh, they were just making these really good devices that had it was born out of... Uh, um, you know, born out of necessity for their friends. 
And they thought, you know, I think we have a business here. We have a really good uh, home alarm system that doesn't have any contracts and, you know, has the 24-7 monitoring and everything else. And it doesn't cost us very much to make it. Well, now they've just been uh, made into a billion-dollar company, uh, which is just phenomenal. And uh, we couldn't be happier. What that means is, is Simply Safe is being recognized by people like you and businesses as the best out there, comprehensive uh, security for your home, 24-7 monitoring that is only $14.95 or 99 cents a month. And you can use it for your business and you control all of it. You own it. Simply Safe. You owe it to yourself to look into this now. Go to simplysafebeck.com. You'll save 10% off the system, which is already incredibly priced. It is simplysafebeck.com. Get it now. Simplysafebeck.com. Back with a Venezuela update in a minute. Glenn Beck. Shield of Love. Doesn't Shield of Love sound like something like the BG? Shield of Love. Doesn't it sound like some crappy 70s song? But it's not. It is what protected the Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro. He said he was uh, protected by a shield of love from the assassination attempt over the weekend. Now, I'm not really sure if this was a real assassination attempt. It's a shield of something that is protecting him. It wasn't the hundreds of soldiers assembled his speech. If you saw the video, it was pretty amazing. Um, it shows the president standing up there and the, the, you hear a sound uh, of an explosion of some sort. Everybody looks up and they're like, oh, my gosh. His wife is clearly frightened. Uh, soldiers and everybody are kind of look up. And then it cuts to the crowd shots. And then all of a sudden you see, <laughs> then all of a sudden you see the uh, soldiers just start to run. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, uh, he's got cooties and all of them run. It's quite an amazing thing. Anyway, Maduro was in the middle of this televised speech. Uh, the explosion caused the panic in the crowd. And, uh, you know, it got, it got worse from there. Now, three hours later, Maduro was back on TV, having uncovered the supposed conspiracy. So uh, dictators, you know, they seem to be very fast, uh, uh, you know, detectives. I, I don't don't know. I, Hitler was a very fast detective. He says that two drones were carrying explosives that were intended for him, but a shield of love protected him. He says the drones are the work of far right extremists and dissidents living in Colombia and in Florida. He specifically blamed Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos, but Santos uh, said it's already the custom of Venezuelan leaders to permanently blame Colombia for any type of situation. Now, a group of dissident soldiers that call themselves soldiers in T-shirts claimed responsibility for the attack on Twitter, saying that army snipers shot their drones loaded with C4 before they could reach the president's platform. Now, some of the residents that were, you know, near the speech say the explosion was just a gas explosion at an apartment building. So we don't know. Critics of Venezuela aren't buying the version from Maduro that it was, uh, you know, flying drones. But we don't know. Critics say it's just a convenient excuse to round up army deserters and a way to distract the public from the country's struggle with severe food and medicine shortages. 
A Venezuelan expert uh, at the Washington office on Latin America told the Washington Post that it is hard to imagine Maduro's government doesn't have footage of the drones if that is exactly what happened. He said, if the government or someone else doesn't put out some footage of these drones or the explosions, it should be considered highly suspect. Venezuelan government says it has already arrested six terrorists connected with the blast. There are no further details on anything because it's... uh a socialist dictatorship. It's Monday, August 6th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm with you. I'm skeptical as to whether it was an actual attempt. I mean, there's also reporting that there was a gas explosion nearby and blah, blah, blah. But uh, the drone attack thing is a pretty scary possibility. And seemingly could be done so easily by someone who oh, wanted yeah. to, t- to take a terrible action against any leader in any in any part oh, of the yeah. world. I mean, that you know, I guess it, from what I understand, ISIS did this a decent amount. Um, they used them uh, frequently in war where they would, you know, just fly. And again, like we all know that mili- the military has drones, but these are commercial drones you could buy yeah. online easily uh, for you know, a few hundred dollars. And have them go over a target and drop something. Uh, God, we're about to have terrifying. a different world. Because you can see, I mean, they're being used for so many good things. I mean, if you see online, you can see the videos of uh, firefighting mm-hmm. with them. Where they'll float up to the 20th floor mm-hmm. and be able to put, um, you know, fire extinguisher, uh, you know, pressure on, on a fire that is almost impossible to, to get to unless you Man. put people in real danger. Why didn't they tell The Rock about that? That movie wouldn't have been so harrowing. <laughs> would have been a lot, <laughs> a lot less shorter. interesting. <laughs> Skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. Just would have just would have put a drone up and had it go up ninety five <laughs> floors and just put that damn thing out. Would have been, that, he wouldn't did, have had to jump. That was an amazing jump, huh? Mm. Did you see? Yes, it? I did. I yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. Didn't think he would. Make, didn't think he would make that close call. Yeah, close. Very call. close call. Mm-hmm. Very close call. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, out in Portland. You know, I would really like to. Could we open the phones for anybody who is listening to us in Oregon or or the surrounding areas? Anybody who's in, you know, Vancouver, Washington or any in anyone in in uh, southern Washington state. What the hell is happening? Now, I personally think this is my grandfather's prediction of the people who are just too damn weird for California are moving up here. And that's what he said when we lived in Washington State. And I think that's true. The ones who were not, the ones who were turned off by the commercialism uh, of Hollywood and Southern California and thought that was all a sellout, the ones who really, really believed in something, they moved up into the woods. You know, they came up into, into the Pacific Northwest. And so that's a real die hard socialist almost communist uh compound uh, up there in areas and they're serious and they are smack dab next to people who when i was growing up always wore flannel shirts these are the people that you know eddie bauer is ralph lauren Okay, and it's they're the farmers, they're the loggers, they're the Boeing workers, uh, 
and they're just hardworking, normal people, and they're not into communism. And you're you've got these two forces, and at some point, the people who you know wear Eddie Bauer are not going to take it because they're they're seeing things destroyed. And put yourself into into Portland. Say you're say you're living in Portland. Say even you know you don't like Donald Trump, okay? But you're not a radical. I just want to read this story. Along the trolley tracks behind the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Field Office, a biohazard cleanup crew works under police protection. It finds used needles and buckets of human waste simmering in a nearly 100-degree heat. The smell of urine and feces fills the block. For more than five weeks, as many as 200 people had occupied the, the, the site to demand ICE's immediate uh, abolition. They're gone now. But the community is left reeling. 38 days of government-sanctioned anarchy will do this. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal. A mob surrounded ICE's office in southwest Portland June 19th. They barricaded the exits and blocked the driveway. They sent, quote, guards, end quote, to patrol the doors, trapping the workers inside. At night, they laid on the street, stopping all traffic at critical junctions near a hospital. Police stayed away. Quote, at this time, I'm denying your request for additional resources, the Portland Police Bureau Deputy Chief Robert Day wrote to federal officers pleading for help. Hours later, the remaining ICE workers were finally evacuated by a small federal police team. The facility was shut down for more than a week. Now, do you understand that so far? They've occupied... They're blocking the streets. They've blocked these people in. They called for help. Get us out. Police said, sorry, can't help you. So they had to call for federal officers to come in. Signs called employees Nazis and white supremacists. Others accused them of running a concentration camp and demanded open borders and prosecution of ICE agents. Along a wall, vandals wrote the names of ICE staff, encouraging others to publish their private information online. Federal workers were defenseless. As an ICE officer who asked his name not be published told me, one of his colleagues was trailed in the car and confronted when he went to pick up his daughter from summer camp. Later, people showed up at his house. Another had his name and photo plastered on flyers outside of his home, accusing of him, accusing him of being part of the Gestapo. So where were the police? Ordered away by Democratic Mayor Ted Wheeler, who doubles as the police commissioner. Quote, I do not want the Portland police to be engaged or sucked into a conflict, particularly from a federal agency that I believe is on the wrong track, he tweeted. If ICE is looking for a bailout from this mayor, they're looking in the wrong place, end quote. The mob set up camp behind the building where they harassed journalists and banned photography. The open border advocates also erected an eight-foot wall around their site. Now that's funny. Isn't that funny? Here are people who, who apparently are doing the right thing in their mind, but you ban all photography, and then <laughs> to protest the wall, you build a wall. <laughs> the reporter says, I walked through and I saw young children, even infants, in squalid conditions and 90-degree heat. Every American flag was defaced. 
but the anarchist and communist flags were unsoiled. Stuart Lindquist, the ICE facility's 79-year-old landlord, needed to visit his property on June 21st. Quote, the political powers of the city of Portland have stopped the police from doing what they normally would do, he told me. When attempted to drive into his own parking lot, occupiers swarmed and pounded his window. In the commotion, Mr. Lindquist's car struck someone in the mob who wasn't injured. His home address, however, later appeared online, and he says the harassment has not ended. On June 28th, federal police, federal police, mobilized from uh, uh, an out-of-state facility, and they finally moved in to reopen the office. They arrested a handful of people for refusing to leave the ICE office's uh, storefront, but the uh, rest retreated to the camp and focused their vitriol on the officers. They repeatedly called black officers traitors and house N-words. They shouted that, uh, that they knew where the officers lived, and they published their addresses online. The Hakes family who owns the Happy Camper food cart across the street from the ICE office, responded to a statement with incredulity. The mob, quote, terrorized our family, end quote, and forced the family business to close. Mrs. Hakes showed me a text message from her 21-year-old daughter, uh, Brianna, who ran the cart. I just saw a drug deal, Brianna reported. After uh, members of the anti-ICE mob spotted her selling breakfast burritos to federal officers, the situation quickly deteriorated. Call me immediately, Brianna wrote. Um, I'm being accused of supporting the pigs and child and child deportation. She said the people that were wearing masks threatened to hurt her and burn their cart down, and the police never responded to her frantic phone calls. Randy Glary, a 52-year-old artist, longtime resident, was photographing the camp when he said a group of occupiers knocked his camera in his face. Charles Williams, 62-year-old man who lives across the street, said someone threatened to stab him with an AIDS-infected needle. From his balcony, he said, I saw thugs begin masked street patrols, brandishing sticks. Lisa Leonard, 53-year-old disabled resident, said occupiers hit her on the head disabled her electric wheelchair and lifted her in the air when she complained about the loud drumming she called the police they would only take her statement locals wondered why the city is allowed this according to uh, peter simpson public information officer with the uh, portland police it is at the mayor's direction PBB will involved uh, is involved in a very limited action back at the trolley tracks. The occupiers occupiers has been have been evicted, but now taxpayers are going to have to foot the costly cleanup bill. The Hakes family still trying to recover. Brianna has decided to move. They know my face and car, she said, like the other residents. She expects the mobs to return. That's incredible. I mean, we've heard very little about that story as it's developed. It's really interesting, isn't it? It is. As you were talking about it, it it sort of tipped off a reminder of the Pizzagate thing that Mm -hmm. happened in uh, in D.C., where one of the Pizzagate believers went into Comet Ping Pong or whatever Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. with a gun. It's something they continually refer to as a major incident. Now, you know, of course, it was not good. The guy went in there, thought they were, you know, uh, t- 
tunnels for horrible. sex slaves Could have been with a gun. Horrible. Could have been bad. Realized that the conspiracy theory was untrue and then gave, you know, gave up to police and it was over. They didn't. That's not the story here at all. No. They came in and they took over a facility. They kidnapped. I would I would argue kidnapped workers. If you're not letting oh, people yeah. leave, I mean, oh, yeah. that, absolutely. It's, hello, that's that's the Iranian hostage situation. Yeah. 1979. You close off the you close off the embassy, and no one's leaving. Can you imagine if 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 a Trump friendly mayor happened to be the mayor of uh, where Comet Ping Pong was, and they said, you know what, we're not going to go assist the people at the pizza restaurant. We're just going to let him let let that guy stay there with a gun and uh, and continue to uh, hold hostage all the workers. Can you imagine? And by the way. If you think, if you're worried about this election, the, your best hope is that the people who are saying end ICE are being embraced by the Democrats. This isn't, I'm sure the behavior they may shun, although, again, the mayor is saying the opposite. He's not even inviting the police there. But they're, they're, they're advocating for this. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in action. Uh, do you know why? Uh, because there's another story uh, the some of their defense is coming from the chapter of the Council on American Islamic Relations and the Portland chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Mm. Mm. Back in just a second. Halfway through 2018, a tally revealed continued cyber in, in insecurity from Russian hackers infiltrating U.S. power companies and attacking home routers worldwide. To uh, data exposures like the one that left, you know, 340 million records exposed on a public server. Uh, clearly, corporate security isn't, you know, getting better fast enough, and neither are we. Your personal information from a data breach. Criminals can open up an account. They can, you know, file tax returns. They can buy property. This just happened to us. Somebody got my wife's information. Uh, opened up three credit company uh, credit cards uh, that we know of. Uh, and it was, what was it, like last Thursday or a week ago Thursday, she gets a phone call, and it's from LifeLock, and they said, are you opening up these things? She said, nope, that's not me. And they said, okay, we're on it. About four days later, we started getting mail. Hey, thank you so much for you know opening up the, uh, the account with us, yada, yada. It had already been taken care of by LifeLock. That's what you need. <laughs> you don't have... I don't even I don't even know where I would have started had I had to clear that up myself. LifeLock Identity Theft Protection, now adding the power of Norton Security for your identity and your devices. Nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but, but they've they have saved us several times. Get lifelock.com right now or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code back and you get an extra 10% off your first year plus a $25 Amazon gift card with an annual enrollment. So it's promo code back. Terms and conditions apply. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Is that an incredible story from Portland? It's hard to imagine that it is actually happening. It's and where's the coverage? coverage? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen the headlines. I mean, look uh, at what but... they're saying now about Donald Trump. They're saying Donald Trump is going to start a war. He's going to start a war. People are going to be hurt. Look at what's happening in Portland. Where's the reporting? Well, look at the Bundy situation out west and how much coverage that got where they were yeah. 
I mean, that was a yeah. totally, you know, I mean, it's it a totally a, different situation. No, it really wasn't. It was it was a group of uh, a group of people. Some of them had ill intent. Mm-hmm. They were going to kill the, you know, kill the uh, federal agents if they had to, but they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a change. They took control of a state owned facility and just took it. I, from my understanding, though, they never kidnapped anybody, did no, they? No, they never kidnapped. This is where, oh, if you're saying. I'm saying it's worse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Portland, you're, you're taking an active. This is a giant, basically a giant park with the Bundy situation, right? Yes. I mean, like, so yeah. it's a lot different than taking a, a, a working facility with employees inside and not letting them leave. Yes. That's a completely yes. different story to me. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know. But but how much bigger was the Bundy story? Again, the other part about this is it's happening in a, in a, in a urban area. Like this is like Portland. you know the Bundy area was like the middle of nowhere. There's no people really around. This is this Portland, is Portland Oregon. Oregon. How is this? And and the mayor is siding with the with uh with in this case would be the. Do you Bundys, remember what right? the Russians said? Do you remember what the Russians said around in the 1990s that we would break apart into several states and the first to go would be. Portlandia. Cascadia (laughs) is what they called it. Mercury. Not too long ago, my computer didn't work. Uh, I was having issues with it. And I made the terrible mistake of trying to get customer service on the computer. And, you know, you call up and you get somebody. And about three seconds into the call, you realize you have the wrong person. You have the person who doesn't really understand what they're doing. They're reading off the script. They can barely speak your language. It's kind of a problem. Uh, And that's the way it goes. You call a number and you get the first person who picks it up. That's not the way real estate agents have to be. If you want to pick a real estate agent, you can pick anybody you want. You don't have to pick the person who you see on the the bench everywhere or that you know from the gym. You can pick somebody who's gone through a lengthy screening process. And the the best way to do this is go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com has 1,200 agents. They have the best people in your town. These are people who share your values. They listen to the blaze. These are people who you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there if you want to sell your house fast and for the most money. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, I... I, I, uh... I've been thinking a lot about uh, my job and how to do my job and how things have changed and uh, and how we're not listening to each other. And we're all starting to um, gather up under this banner of outrage because we we're being challenged. And it is, you know, when your back is thrown up against the wall, that's what you do. You you get into fight or flight. And too many people in America are tired of flight. And all of this. Back and forth of fake news. What does fake news even mean? Stu, what is fake news to you? What does it mean? I mean, it, at this point, means nothing. Uh, t- initially, it was meant to design, just to describe uh, stories like on Facebook where people were sharing intentionally false news, not stuff like, hey, Donald Trump is bad, or not 
you know, even things like 9-11 conspiracy theories. It was supposed to describe people who were fraudulently writing stories from scratch with Mm -hmm. no basis Mm -hmm. that would induce clicks. So what does it mean now? I guess now, I mean, it seems to mean... News you disagree with? Yeah, well, for example, the uh, Newseum, which is like a, you know, yeah. they pulled a shirt from their website that said like something about fake news uh-huh. because the left was mad that anyone would even say fake news exists, mm-hmm. which of course it was a left, I mean, it was a mainstream media created term mm-hmm. to describe stories you know, that were completely false. And then it got kind of pushed into the, uh, the, the political debate. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just been captured now, I think, by by Trump largely to describe mainstream media giving him bad coverage, I would say, is the way it's utilized most. I, I don't know if that's anybody, the way anybody interprets it now. I mean, I think it's just. It's news against your side. Yeah, well, that's, it's news against your side. I think it's the way that's the way it's most utilized. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now this comes from where? Where did this come from? This isn't this isn't new. This comes from the media not listening to half of the country. That's where it comes from. Not being in touch with what half of the country feels and how they think and what they're worried about. It's different than it is what you're worried about in California or your worried about in New York City, or even worried about in Chicago. It's different. And because they don't have any real presence there, and they don't pull, they pull from the same place. All the, all the employees of these big news organizations, they generally all come from the same mill, same university system, with the same progressive professors. There, I think there's two Two conservative uh, press uh, journalist, you know, professors in universities. I think there's two. A full two? I think I there's a full two. That. It may not be so, a full two. I'm skeptical. Two. Sounds One like fake news sick. to me. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're coming. They're being churned out, and they're 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 coming to groupthink. And it's not, you know, let's give everybody the the benefit of the doubt. But here's what's not happening what's not happening is anybody in the media that is being fair enough to say wait if this was said about my side how would i have covered it the journalist's job and this is where woodrow wilson and the the, uh, council on foreign relations turned everything upside down journalists Um, because of the progressive era, were taught that they need to teach the American people what the right policies are. That's why when we played this audio from MSNBC earlier today where they were discussing, you know, what do we call socialism? Because socialism has a bad name, but everybody wants free stuff. What do we call it? Well, we call it socialism. (laughs) That's what we call it. But they believe that we have to change the language because dumb people just don't know what that means. Yes, we do. We know exactly what it means. We just don't agree with you. We don't agree that it is a wonderful thing that doesn't tax us to death and control our lives. 
You do think you think it's wonderful. We don't. But their job is to teach. No, that's not your job. Your job is to expose. Your job is to reflect what is truly happening. And I would ask journalists, let's take a look at how you covered the Nazis. Big story, important story. One day, what was it? It was one day, it was violent, it was scary, but no hostages were taken. Let's compare how you descended on the Charlottesville, and you had every square inch covered. And I can't find any coverage, really, on what happened in, uh, in Portland with ICE. I can't. They, can, can you show me? Can anybody show me where the, the, the television truck was just outside? Where they had the, the remote location, and they were saying inside they have hostages? Have you seen that footage? Because I haven't seen that. I, rem- I remember when Scott Walker was, uh, I-, I certainly remember that. Remember that when Scott Walker was up there in, in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin and they came and they occupied the state house mm-hmm. and it was covered, it was covered, but not in a negative way. No, it was, it was covered, covered in, in a positive, positive way. way. So look at the difference between the way they covered the Nazis and Portland Antifa. Look at the way they, they called the Tea Party anti-American, anti-government, but they never said that about Occupy Wall Street, and they never say that about Antifa. Here are people that are openly saying the destruction of America, the Western way of life, and capitalism, and you won't label them anti-government? They're anarchists. I know it's redundant, but I don't think that's the reason why you're not calling them anti-government. Look how the Tea Party, they immediately, the Koch brothers, Koch brothers. Here's Antifa being supported by the Democratic Socialists of America. You are currently running people in the Democratic Party that are openly endorsing the Democratic Socialists of America. They were involved in a hostage situation, and yet you are telling everyone that they're not radical. They are saying that they want an end to capitalism, but you are telling the American people that's not radical? Look how you, how you cover anybody that goes to speak at a... At a university. And they're not allowed to speak because what? They're fascists. But you do not cover the anti-fascists that are breaking windows and throwing Molotov cocktails in any judgmental sort of way. You talk about my uh, you talk about uh, Donald Trump's rhetoric. Let's compare the let's compare the rhetoric of Donald Trump to Maxine Waters. Sounds pretty much the same. Sounds pretty much the same. How about the coverage? Was it the same? Oh, well, he's the president. Oh, well, she's Maxine Waters. You talk about lies? This president tells lies. Really? Did you meet the last one? Did you meet the last one? The reason why socialists is, you know, they're saying, oh, we got to do something is because uh, 
We're now suffering from higher insurance rates and higher health care costs because your socialist system that you helped that president pass by allowing him to lie to the American people. We're now suffering from that. And you're coming to us telling us, hey, we need more socialism. Why do we listen to you? I'm just looking for a journalist that respects the American people and will tell you the unpopular things for both sides. Will tell you the things that's going to hurt that person because they're they're going to shake some of their people that listen to them. And sometimes those people are going to cheer. But they tell you what is happening and let the people decide that is very rare in America. And until we find a bigger group of those people, we are going to continue to have these problems and they're going to continue to get worse. Real estate agents I trust.com. Trust me. Trust me, please. Now is the time to sell your house. Sell your house. If you're thinking about selling your house, sell your house. Now is the time. Um, Realestateagentsitrust.com is a place where you can go find a real estate agent uh, that is, you know, is more than just a nice person. They get the job done. Great agents are full-time people that have long careers in real estate. I mean, your wife's nephew is wonderful, I'm sure. But uh, this is your most valuable asset. Great agents don't just show up and agree to list your home as is. They have spent years uh, looking at different houses and advising clients on curb appeal, landscaping, trim, paint, windows, because first impressions are really important. Professional staging, pictures, huge part of selling your home. When you list... What's currently happening in your market? What will it look like in six months? How are they going to price your house? How do they know that's the right price? This is why you need to work with a great real estate agent from realestateagentsitrust.com. 1,200 of the top agents in America working to earn your trust by selling your home fast and for the most amount of money. If you need to sell your home, trust me, sell your home now. Real estate agents I trust.com. Let's go to Dennis, who lives in Oregon. Hello, Dennis. Welcome to the Glenbeck program. Hey, Glenn. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you anyway, very much. I, I live 25 years in the Seattle area, and yeah. now I'm living down here south of Portland, quite a way south. Mm-hmm. But over the 25 years, we have seen more and more tolerance to the Antifada movement. And they're always in by you know, these uh, cities like Seattle is almost unlivable now. Street people living everywhere. You know, you talked about San Francisco, but Seattle's right behind them, and Portland is right on the same train. And I don't understand why. So, uh, I mean, the, the the average people in Portland, they're fine with all of this. Most of them are very extremely liberal, and but there are are, are you know the you know the occasional um, conservatives in the area, but they're very rare. Okay, so no liberal has a problem that you know of. No liberal has a problem with Antifa and what they're doing. 
I have not talked to one who says this is bad. You know, they all think it's for the people. It's for the people. Wow. All right, Dennis, thanks for your uh, phone call. Let me go to Jay in Ohio. Hello, Jay. Hey, Glenn. Hey. Hey, Glenn, how are you? Good. Good. Hey, we moved away from the Portland area about six years ago. A lot of things added up to cause us to move, but one of them was this mob mentality that was starting to take over with Occupy Portland. Saw all that going on and found that very few people had a problem with that, where you know mobs were taking over the city, making it dangerous to walk, destroying property, turning the city into a garbage dump. And we've had a series of, of really bad mayors out there over the last 20 years. And this current mayor, who looked like he was going to be the savior, has turned out to be the absolute worst. I go back there routinely for business, and the city is dirtier, smellier, needles everywhere, feces all over the ground, tents set up in places you would never expect. Can, we, can I just stop for a second? When did Americans yeah. start crapping on the streets? When did that happen? I, I miss that turning point in our history. It's just vulgar. It's absolutely vulgar. And, and you know, the, the, the people are starting to get sick of it. Contrary to what you heard from your last caller, I'm out there pretty regularly for business. And even my leftist friends are getting sick of mostly the homeless problem. Uh, you've got three groups of homeless, people who are down and out, people who are maybe vets or have mental illness problems, and then a whole group of people that are there as, as lifestyle campers wanting to live on the street, smoke dope, and harass people. And the city's doing nothing about that last group, and people are starting to get fed up with that. And and then the Antifa stuff, they always, people who are, are somewhat against it always say that those people are provoked. So, like the guys that were there over the weekend, uh, I forget. How do you, wait, 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 group. wait, 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 wait. But how do you say that when they've taken a building full of hostages of federal agents and would not let them leave? Well, because those federal agents in their minds are are, uh, not. Gestapo. They really believe that. Do the average people in in Portland believe that? Uh, I'd say half and half. I'll tell you the biggest thing I'm seeing is a rejection of downtown normal average everyday people that don't have to go down there to work aren't going downtown anymore because they feel like it's dangerous it's been taken over by mobs it's dirty so uh, I you know Macy's pulled out their headquarters store in downtown Portland about a year year and a half ago and they said it was because of, of poor sales but I contend a lot of it is because people were afraid to go down there and, and try to make their way into the door stepping over people sleeping in the doorway and having tents set up outside. Columbia Sportswear has an ongoing battle with the city of Portland and is starting to pull out a lot of their offices within the city and move them to the suburbs. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate it. Portland, what is happening? What is happening to you? Back in a minute. Glenn Beck. It's Monday, August 6th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So we have we have the media saying that they they fear for their lives now, and I feel for them. I know I've been there for several years, um, and nobody should feel that way. Not in America. We have a. Can we play the audio of a C-SPAN caller, please? They're talking about Brian Stelter and Don Lemon from 
CNN, and here's what a, a caller says. Don, State College, Pennsylvania, supports the criticism of the media. Don, you are on the air. Good morning. Morning. Uh, it, all, it all started when Trump got elected. Brian Stelter and Don Lemon from CNN called Trump supporters all racist. They don't even know us. They don't even know these Americans out here, and they're calling us racist because we voted for Trump? Come on, give me a break. They started the war. I see him. I'm going to shoot him. Bye. Okay, good. So we have that. We have in Portland, Antifa taking ICE, a federal office, taking hostages. Nobody seems to even care in the media about that. They're not really covering that. We have the media complaining that they are under attack, and yet the right has been under attack and called all kinds of names for a very, very long time. And I think we're hitting a tipping point. Representative Jason Lewis is with us. He's a, a congressman from uh, Minnesota. Uh, he has a, an op-ed about the violent political threats that are, are beginning to spin out of control. Congressman, how are you? Glenn, good to be back on the program. Nice to speak with you. Too bad that it's not under uh, happier yeah. circumstances. But, uh, but I do think you're right. I think we're at an inflection point here, and we better get a hold of it, and soon. So what, tell me what you know is happening you know, with congressmen. Well, look, uh, well, we all know that the number of threats uh, reportable to the Capitol Police have skyrocketed. Uh, it started long ago. It's not just in the last week or month. It started literally at the inauguration. Um, a year ago this month, I had protesters on my front lawn. When we tried to do some town halls uh, a few weeks back, uh, we had threats. Uh, we got another threat uh, recently. Uh, Lee Zeldin, uh, David Kustoff driven off the road. Rand Paul attacked by a neighbor and now another threat to his family. And, of course, uh, the tragic shooting of our majority whip, Steve Scalise. So, look, I was in your business for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what it's like being in the spotlight and and the calls you get and the crazies that come out against you. Nobody wishes that for anyone in the press, as you said. But when I hear people say, hey, we better tone it down or the administration better tone it down, someone might get hurt. Someone already has been hurt. Over a year ago, a shooting of the majority whip. And yet, not only not only that, I mean, let's not minimize that. That was that would have been if he would have been successful, if that gate wouldn't wouldn't have been locked, locked, he might have killed a third of Congress. And that was a political assassination attempt. Yes, it was. That was based on ideology. We know that. And that is quite different than someone going off the deep end, as tragic as that might be. But what I, all I'm saying is, to your point, oh, goodness, somebody might get hurt if the president says this or that. Uh, and uh, agreed, I don't want any threats on the First Amendment. That's how you make your living. That's how I made my living. But someone already has been hurt, and there hasn't been enough reportage on that. So, so how do we, uh, how do we uh, change this, or what, do, what has to happen? Well, you're, you're left with the inconvenient truth that the reason there's been a double standard or a very you know, heightened concern over one particular situation and a lack of reporting over the other is, in fact, ideology, is who's doing the targeting and who's being targeted. And that's tragic. 
But look, if you look at any tyrannical regime from Cuba to Venezuela, from the former Soviet Union to Red China, the first thing they do is try to silence people. That is the first thing they try to do. And I think it's somewhat ironic, Glenn, when you've got legitimate concerns over silencing the fourth estate, the, the media. Oh, we can't have that. And yet, indeed, when your office is crashed, when people break security protocol, they crash your congressional office, when resistance or indivisible deliberately try to disrupt and hold the mic without giving it back in town halls, when they intimidate and they threaten now, they are trying to silence their opponents. They are trying to make certain that some speech should not ever be uttered, which is an assault on what you do assault on what I did, and it's assault on the American experiment called the First Amendment. And that is very, very troubling. So does the, 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 should the president tone his rhetoric down? Look, would I do things the way the president does all the time? No, I wouldn't. But when he simply highlights media bias, I don't know what more when you've got cable news channels dedicated to bringing down an administration. I don't know what more evidence we need to see of media bias. Right. So I, I think well, there's a difference between media bias and the press is the enemy of the American people. I think there is. And I look, as I said, I want everyone to know that the First Amendment is sacrosanct and no one in the press should be threatened. No one in Congress should be threatened either. No supporters of a particular political candidate should be threatened either. And certainly these attacks, which have escalated from the left, whether it's Antifa, whether it's Occupy Wall Street, whether it's the actual shooting of the majority whip, whether it's the myriad of Diane Black, you're not going to find a more sincere, more thoughtful, deliberate person than Representative Black. She was the chairman, chairwoman of the budget committee in which I serve. She's now running in, ten, in Tennessee for statewide office. Um, they, had to, they had to arrest a fellow, grand jury indictment, who threatened her and her family. This, and people say, well, it cuts both ways. And to a degree it does. But if indeed you look at the last year and a half, the last 500 days, it predominantly it's coming from one side of the ideological spectrum that, quite frankly, has become unhinged. And that's where the danger lies. A year ago, my neighbor calls me, Glenn, and says, hey, um, I just got a call from my daughter. They're a little bit upset. You've got a bunch of people on your front lawn screaming and yelling, and they were frightened. So they called my, my neighbor. Uh, he called the police. I had to come out back to my house. I'm in cruising the district. I had to come out to, back to my house and, and see what was going on in my front lawn, on my porch. They don't think the rules apply to them because their cause, cause is so righteous. And I'll tell you something else. And this is where it really gets troubling. It's not enough to say, I disagree with your policy. It's not enough to say, look, we have policy differences. I think you're taking the wrong approach. They have to challenge challenge your goodness. You're not just wrong, you're bad. You have malice in your heart. And therefore, if you're bad and you have malice and you're an evil person because you don't agree with me, why, you know, I can't be responsible for what others might do. So... Again, I come back to uh, Jason. I think we all know this um, to some degree, um, but I don't know if anybody knows what to do uh, because, uh, you know, we're kind of in this place as an alcoholic. I understand this urge to change the media, but as an alcoholic, I also understand there's nothing I can do to change the media. I just can't let this change me. 
what should we be doing? Is there a way to reach the media? I've tried. I I don't think they. Well, I mean, they're not willing they're, to listen. No, no, they are not. But but the, the dirty little secret is free speech cuts both ways. So it, the media have the right if. if you know, the Amazon owner wants to use the Washington Post to try to bring down President Trump. He's free to do that. It's a mm-hmm. free country. Yep. We believe it. But guess what? The president has the right to say, hey, the Amazon owner is using the Washington Post to bring down my administration. Mm-hmm. And this is where everybody thinks, seems to think that free speech only applies to them. And it applies to the other side. So when, when I hear the, the hand-wringing, about, well, the administration is actually fighting back against media bias, I, you know, I think to myself, well, A, there have been a lot of Republicans over the last few decades that have been waiting for someone to do that. Oh, yeah. Maybe not, it, maybe not precisely in these terms, but waiting for somebody to push back on a, a palpable bias in the press. And two, he has the right to say what he says, just as you have the right to say what you say. Yeah. You know, he's he's... He's effective, and that's why people are supportive, because no one has been effective against the press. No one has ever made them uh, squirm. Nobody's ever held them accountable and been able to walk away from that fight. And he's he's done it. And so I think there's a lot of Americans that are just like, look, man, I wouldn't have done it that way, but somebody's got to do something. And that's where well, they seem in- No, that's right. And they seem insistent on validating him. So yes. every time yes. he, he tweets something, then, yes. the, you know, when they go off the deep end, he, he can just turn around and say, see, he told you so. Um, and and let's, let's be honest here, too. If you are a, a politician, there's a difference between a politician and a pundit. I have learned that firsthand. Um, a, a politician um, is supposed to be, shall we say, um, have an affinity towards an ideology, a, a bias, if you want. The press is supposed to be above that. So a politician can behave has a hack, has a biased individual, has a, has a cheerleader for his or her party. The journalist is supposed to say, yes, I know they behave that way, but we're above that. So if the president or anybody else levels a charge against the press, they're not supposed to take the bait if you're a are, good journalist. Are you concer- supposed to rise above it. Are you concerned at all by, I mean, let me use the extreme. We were talking today about... Uh, how Alex Jones is being removed from uh, he's not he's still on YouTube, isn't he still on YouTube for the moment? Yeah, yeah. but Stitcher, Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, I mean, sorry, iTunes, iTunes and recent just in recent moments here, Spotify as well. OK, so I, I, I find him despicable. I find his opinions uh, despicable, uh, unfounded uh, and grotesque. However, I don't like the idea of silencing people. It only makes things worse. How many? No, of course it does. And, and how many times or how many years did someone as old as you and me, and I'm a little older than you, probably. It seems, they, it seems as though I'm a little older than everyone. <laughs> but, but how many times did we watch Alan Dershowitz defend the most odious rights to free speech over our lifetime? Yep. Hundreds time of times. And time again. And where yeah. is that now? I don't know. It's Voltaire redux. I mean, you know, I will defend your right to say it, even though I disagree with it. That seems to be a lost art. I mean, and now we get word that, that Twitter's uh, um, movement towards silencing bots is actually shadow banning a bunch of conservatives. Yes. So, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here 
Congressman, uh, I have from my my own collection of books, the Anarchist Cookbook. This is something that tells you how to make poison gas, how to make TNT, how to kill people, how to torture people, how to, uh, you know, cause all kinds of disruption. It was printed in 1972. It has gone over and over and over again through the courts. You have a right to print it. The author even wanted it to stop being printed, but he didn't own the rights to it anymore. So it it is still out on the market. That is freedom of speech. That is a country that I'm proud to live in that says, I hate this book and I hate the fact that somebody put it out. But I, I so appreciate the fact that something this offensive can be printed here. We're not that country soon. No, you're right. And, and that's what I said in the op-ed. Those of us old enough to remember the 60s understand that we're getting close, close to that phenomenon but the difference is there was the free speech berkeley crowd in the 60s yes the left has morphed into a much more tyrannical movement in the 1960s when you had the democratic convention and you had the watts riots and you had all of that people didn't like it but they said these people especially people on the left have the right to free speech it was the free speech movement coming out of the bay area now that is gone. If you are not on the right side of the spectrum, you don't have the right to see. They are saying this, Glenn. I know, I know. Publicly, they're saying, look, if you hold these views, you don't. That, having that view, having that speech is harm, and we're not going to let you say it. Talking to Congressman Jason Lewis. Jason, before we let Lay go, uh, you're running for re-election. How's that looking for you? You know, Minnesota, too, is sort of the microcosm of the country. The president won my district by one point. I was so darn popular, I doubled his margin. Wow. Uh, wow. Congratulations. Actually, 1.7. So, so as Minnesota 2 goes, the country goes. It's a majority maker seat. And if we don't, I, I firmly believe, uh, fellas, that if we don't keep Minnesota 2, uh, we will lose the House. And if we lose the House, yeah. uh, we will go backward in a way that uh, yeah, will we're, be dramatic. Yeah, we're going, uh, yes, big time. Big time, especially now with the love of Democratic Socialists. Uh, and uh, and the fervor to impeach. Uh, it, where can well, people get involved with your uh, with your campaign? Thank you. They can go to Jason Four MN. That's Jason for Minnesota abbreviation. Just Jason Four F O R M N dot com and get involved. And the D Triple C has targeted us as one of the top, I believe, top five or maybe top two. Um, it's just a tough race. And naturally, for you know those Democrats out there that hate money and politics, my opponent is uh, taking in millions. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman, thank you so much. Thank you, gang. <laughs> you bet. Uh, <laughs> Seems to be the way it always is. Isn't yeah, it? It, is, it does isn't always it? go that yeah. way. We don't like big money. Let's get some big money in here. <laughs> All right. Palm Beach letter. This is uh, this is something that you can get, uh, you know, in your email every day and 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 helps take you through uh, cryptocurrencies and, you know, general status of the market and what is happening in the world. I'm a subscriber. Palm Beach letter. Tika Tawari has a crypto course that we actually uh, had him uh, uh, put together because we met with Tika, I don't know, eight months ago or so. And we just asked him, okay, can you explain how all of this works? Because we have a basic handle, but a dangerous handle on it. Um, You know, not enough of the facts. 
And so he took us through it, and it took him a couple of hours. And we're like, you should do a class on this. So he has. He did a smartcryptocourse.com. 97% of the people who uh, have taken it give it, I think it's a five-star rating. So it's really, really good, um, and it will teach you a lot of the things that you really need to know. If you want to understand uh, coming technology, um, blockchain, cryptocurrency, how this plays, this is the, the starter kit, if you will, and you can take it now. Smart crypto curse, uh, smartcryptocourse.com. That's smartcryptocourse.com. Or you can call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK for more information or just take the class now at smartcryptocourse.com. So yesterday I uh, got on my wife's, what is it, a Peloton bike? Oh, no. Oh, good God. Good God. First of all, oh, no. stop with the clips on the shoes and everything else. What a scam this whole thing is. That's just to make you buy the shoes. And, just make you buy the shoes. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, well, I'm afraid my feet are going to fly off. Now, my feet have never flown off any bike in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm possible you're not using it at the highest level. I'm going, to, I'm going to throw that out there that maybe... Well, here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Then make it so I could use it at the lowest level and the highest level. So you don't have to have the stupid clips. What a ridiculous. It's a scam. The thing I love about that bike, because we have we have one as well, is it's like $2,000 for this bike that you buy. And, you know, my wife had to have it. And yeah, then it, what they do, too. the reason why it's a, whatever it is, $2,000 bike is because it's got this giant screen on it. And you can't watch TV on you it. You can't watch TV. you got to watch their classes. I don't want to watch which, their classes. By the way... They charge you thirty four ninety five a month to access. It's incredible. Wait, I'm paying. F- You're paying monthly for that thing too. After you pay the thousands of dollars, it is a fantastic scam. business. It's a scam. I'm, I, I, I was more, riding that bike. I was just getting more and more pissed off at it. I'm a, I'm in capitalistic awe of that company because they, I mean that is not a value proposition for anybody. The, a, a membership to an actual club with live people nearby is like, what, $100 a month? How long would it take to, for that to pay off? And by the way, can I just ask a question? And I know this dates me, mm-hmm. but when the hell did when did when when did riding a bike become spinning? <laughs> you I mean, as of four minutes ago, I had I no, no idea. idea. That's people how- say I'm going to a spinning <laughs> class. I didn't know you plates on a stick or something. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I don't care. I'm never going to go. <laughs> what a stunner. You brought it to, to things in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, you're, you're legitimately that far away from gym culture. I am you that far away. This is not a new development. No, I know way. it's not a new development, but it's a stupid development. Now that I know what spinning class is, that's stupid. So you heard people say spinning. I'm class, going to spinning class. No, you're not. You're going to go ride a bike. You're going on an exercise bike. That's what you're doing. Spinning you class. Don't, you cannot charge $2,000 and $34.95 a month for an exercise bike. Yeah. You can for a spinning class. That's so stupid. I hate exercise. It's the bane of my existence. And believe me, I am working hard to be a good person so I can get up to heaven. And I have a thing or two to say to God when we meet. <laughs> Most of it is about food and exercise. We have to get somebody on from the NRA tomorrow. Find out if this story is true. Have you been reading the story about uh, the NRA uh, hemorrhaging cash because of uh, uh, New York and they they may have to shut down their headquarters? 
can't I believe yeah, it. I can't, it's hard to believe. I don't believe it at all. I don't either. I don't either. It sounds sounds to me like wishful thinking on the on the left. Yeah, the membership is growing, right? I mean, we've heard you know nonstop reports of the membership growing over the years. Well, they had to pay a seven million dollar fine, and then they lost their insurance. You know, for you know defending your Second Amendment right if somebody comes in your house and you have to shoot, and you know they had the insurance that would cover you. What was the fine uh, for? Uh, for selling an illegal NRA branded member liability insurance policy to cover legal costs and self defense, so New York said you can't sell those. Mm. <laughs> you can't sell those, really? Huh? That seems, I don't know, a little crazy. Uh, anyway, so we'll we'll uh, we'll delve into that tomorrow and see if we can get some answers for you on that. That's troubling. Speaking of crazy, uh, have you been following what's going on in South Africa? Yes. Uh, this is. Somewhat troubling, I would think. Uh, you know, if you care about justice at all, uh, South Africa's ruling African National Congress has targeted 139 farms now that they're expropriating. They're just taking them away from white people without compensation in the next couple of weeks. And they say it's in line with Section 25 of the country's constitution. That's the one that. Ruth Bader Ginsburg thought was such a great constitution that she would look to. Oh my to gosh, that is. Remember that? That's right. South yes. Africa was all about rights. Jeez, I forgot about, about that clip. All about human rights. And so uh, that's a well, great that's constitution why it's not that being, she would look to. That's why it's not being covered now. Yeah. Because it's all about human rights. It's yep. all about the destruction. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, you have to learn about postmodernism because it explains everything. Absolutely everything. I meant to look it up this week because you keep mentioning it. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. And so, and I forgot, uh, but, okay. but I'm going to do that this you, week. You need to. I'm going I mean, to. you know, maybe <clears throat> come in sometime this week and we can just talk about it. Yeah. Because it, 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 if you understand that, you understand why this is okay <laughs> to people. Why people who are on the very far left, why they believe this would be okay. Because <laughs> you would say, I would say, Hey, uh, apartheid, we covered that and we should have covered that. And it was really good when we cover people of any race being rounded up or killed or, you know, being squashed. Right. 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 So it's just another race of people doing it to another race of people. I don't care what race it is. It's bad. It's wrong. Nope. Not in this case because of postmodernism. Well, it's so bad there. I mean, they've already they've already attacked. Uh white farmers a lot and have maimed them and have killed them and have taken farms and they've got another to death in the burn them them to death in the barns or in their houses horrific stories if if you want to read about it i don't know why you would unless you just want to know what's going on in the world but it's it's horrific then they sent out this tweet uh that said the biggest this was from the african national congress they tweeted out uh the biggest mistake we are making is to consult murderers White people are 9% of the population. They own 79% of the land. They never came and consulted us for the land. If they, want to for, if they want us to forgive them now, then let us share the land, the mineral resources. Okay, so they essentially called all white people murderers. The big, because that's who they're talking about consulting. Mm-hmm. And uh, people went nuts on Twitter. And they said, oh, there were, we just tweeted out somebody um, who was in the Congress who said that. Okay, well, you didn't attribute it to anybody 
You didn't put any quotation marks on it. You didn't put that you were retweeting it. You know, it just came from the African National Congress. And if anybody doesn't think this is just going to end into a massive race war and 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 <clears throat> slaughterhouse, a holocaust of white people, um, look what happened in Portland. We were just talking about this. Have you really have you read the story about what happened in Portland? It's crazy. Okay, it's it crazy. is. It's it is because of the mayor. Yeah. Just allowing this to happen. Just condoning it. Uh, You know what? Mm -hmm. I don't like ice. And so they're Mm -hmm. not going to get any help from me. They took hostages in a federal building. They took federal agents as hostages and nothing happened to them. It's amazing how little we heard of that, too. It's incredible. Almost nothing about that. We heard about the mess they left behind. You know why? Do you know who's sponsoring them? You know who's supporting them? Who? Democratic Socialists of America. Of course, yeah. Care. I mean, jeez. That's why. That's why there. It's it's politically totally fine. It's the same thing that is happening in a bigger on a bigger scale or more troubling scale in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Take it. Yeah, they did it. White people did it. White people are responsible for apartheid. Right. So and now they have it coming to them. Didn't we say that that was wrong? Yeah. Didn't we all agree that that was wrong? Didn't Nelson Mandela say that was wrong? Didn't he? Do like, you remember you remember meeting with the guy that got Nelson Mandela out of jail? The white guy. Yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. what he said? Do you remember how he, what he said when Nelson Mandela met, uh, what was his name? It wasn't Cleric, was it? Uh, uh, the, the, the head of the, the white party in... In South Africa. I think it was cleric. Was it? I think so. And, and remember he said, um, he said he was there. And he said not a lot of people uh, knew this at the time. I don't know if they do now. He said, but I was there. And he said Nelson Mandela came and nobody knew what Nelson Mandela was going to do. I mean, he could have started a race war. It could have been just mm-hmm. massive bloodshed. Could have been total revenge. Right. And cleric could have done the same thing. Could have just said, get the army, Go. Um, and he, it was very tense. And he said, Nelson Mandela walked into the room and remember, he said he got down on his knees in front of cleric and said, brother, please, I have, I have no animosity towards you have none towards me. You have the chance right now to join me and set things right and fix this through peace. And he was on his knees it's an amazing story. Yeah. Amazing. And Cleric did. He joined him. Yeah. And it, they set out to reconciliation <laughs> until this new president came in and said, Recon- he, his quote is, reconciliation is over. Time has passed for reconciliation. Yeah. That's, now it's revenge. Uh, and we mentioned several times how politically we're, we couldn't be further from Nelson Mandela. I mean, he was yeah. socialist, communist. He, but... But as far as forgiveness for his for his country, yeah, and for his fellow men, uh, yeah. he was same thing. Unbelievable. With, same thing unbelievable. with uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, I mean Martin Luther <clears throat> King. Towards the end, I think he was moving right towards you know socialism, communism. Um, kind of seems like it. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I don't know for sure. I mean, he's dead. I don't know. His I don't niece know. says not. Yeah, but but it, who I mean, knows? Yeah. Um, doesn't matter when it comes to. How you behave in situations like that? He's the man. So mm-hmm. is Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. So is Gandhi. I don't agree with Gandhi. And this guy seems to be a bad dude. 
He just oh, wants this guy's really, he just wants revenge. Oh yeah, this guy's a really bad dude. So so what happens? Well, I unless we intervene, uh, I think there's going to be serious bloodshed. I, I, if 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 I were a white farmer, I think I'd be getting for getting out of that country. And now uh, I believe they can't. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard I they, can't. they can't. Yeah, I mean. We might actually have to go talk to the Nazarene Fund and and see. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he can get out. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not excited about getting entangled in other messes, but I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. They're just going to be slaughtered, and if somebody doesn't help them, I mean, it's, that's what happened in Zimbabwe. It's just going to be ethnic cleansing. I mean, Zimbabwe is a really clear parallel here. Where yeah. it's exactly the same. Uh-huh. They took away the. Uh, the land from the white farmers and the black they deserved and gave it to their black who, friends. Who did? The, who did? The, the dictator Mugabe. Yeah, who was a uh, yeah socialist. socialist. Yeah, and, okay. and, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, you know, the big problem there gave was, it to his friends who were black. Yep. Mm-hmm. they were not farmers. They weren't farmers. They didn't know how to farm. And what happened? The people starved. Oh, it's kind of like uh, what, what happened with uh, Lenin, who was also yeah. a uh, democratic socialist. socialist. Also what happened in Idiocracy, which is a m- movie. movie. So <laughs> there's a lot of similarities here. I, but I mean, you, you, making double standards for one race over another is always a bad idea. It was a bad idea when white people did it to black people. Yeah, it was really bad. And now yeah. that it's happening we the other way around that. is also really bad. We're seeing it in smaller scales, even here in the United States with uh, we talked about this uh, last week. When the um, reporter from the New York Times tweeted all these things about how they she wanted all black, you know, she she liked being cruel to old white people. Yeah, she wanted to get, get cancel mm. white people as a race and all of these terrible, blatantly racist things that the New York Times just stood by. Right, and mm-hmm. Twitter. And yeah. I mean, to, she tweeted him. They just don't care. So don't I think care. it was Candace Owens, mm-hmm. I believe, this weekend, who's yep. a you know conservative provocateur, com- right? Like kind of a, a pro-Trump sort of commentator, um, came out and said, uh, just tweeted all the exact same things, but just changed the words to black. Now she herself is also black. Uh, and she got suspended from Twitter because of it. My gosh! Now Twitter later on said, "Oh, that was a mistake. Oops, oops. Oh, but oops, look how oops. fast that happened. Yeah, I know. It's look amazing. how fast that happened. Now, I mean, I think wow. you can make a great argument that you should be able to tweet pretty much everything you want, except for direct. Except we don't threats. live there. That's not where um, we live. But, yeah, no, I know it's true. We it, don't live there at all. But that's what I mean. You don't give. You don't. You shouldn't give racial preferences. So, Race, mm-hmm. That should never let me, occur. Let me ask you this, Pat. This is this is the question of the day. We started the show on this. I think I have to stand with uh, Alex Jones. I, you know, I can't say it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank jo- you. Alex Jones. I was thinking the same thing this morning. Though. Alex Jones taken now off of Stitcher, taken yeah. off Facebook, iTunes, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, Apple, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. He's got. He's there's yep. no more this voice. Going to crumble. Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a, a lot of employees now. He's built quite a nice business yeah. selling male vitality formula. And I don't think that it's going to last <laughs> without this, uh, without all of these. I mean, he has no reach. He has no and, reach. If he loses YouTube, he is completely and they screwed. Said, they even said it's not fake news, which you could make a point. You could make a case that he does do a lot of fake stuff. He does. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's all conspiracy crap that's been disproven time and time and time but again. But first they come for but Alex people Jones. people can figure that out for themselves. Right. Trust the American yes. people to Let figure it out. Us noodle that out. That's why I bring it up because we need to figure it out. Uh, you, you can't just shut these people off. Right? Hate, hate grows in the darkness. Yeah. And if you feel like nobody, you know what? They're trying to silence him. Now that just makes oh, people even more crazy. Absolutely. Don't. 
Yeah. Don't. This is wrong. It's stupid. You can't silence voices on either the left or the right. Don't silence voices. Well, sadly, you can if you're a private business. And that's yeah, the know. problem here. But these are private businesses, and right. they can do that if yeah. they want to. Yes, but it's they just can. a huge mistake. There's a canon should they uh, should dissection here, right? And I, and like, yeah, absolutely, they, they can. shouldn't. Of course, they can. They shouldn't, though. I mean, I, I don't think you should. Honestly, like the easiest way to solve these things is just keep it open and let people choose what they want to see. And if they choose the wrong thing, that's not your responsibility, Facebook. Right. It's not your responsibility mm-hmm. to try to you know to to make the country uh, a, a better political you know, discourse. It's for people to find let, what they want. Let me play devil's advocate, but you're a brand and yeah, is that what your brand tough. stands for because the brand of mm-hmm. yes yes everyone can speak here mm-hmm. and say what they want some of it's ugly some of it's not well that's not a popular brand unfortunately in america today thanks pat it is not a popular brand Unlike Pat Gray Unleashed, a oh, very gosh, popular that's just brand. Burning up the- Available now on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all the places they're banning Alex Jones. You can get Pat Gray Unleashed. So it's the middle of the night. You're tossing and turning. You're not sleeping. You're drenched in sweat. And you're saying, I hate this bed. I hate summertime. And if you've ever had a, um, if you've ever had a, a, a foam mattress, you hate the wintertime, too, because it's always hot. Casper mattress, Casper mattress. They have reinvented the foam mattress. It is unlike that. This is a special patented uh, foam mattress that they designed that uh, lets all of the heat out. So it's not, you know, fires a hell hot and it ships for free in a box so small that you're not going to believe there's a mattress in it comes right to your front door. You open it up, open it up on the bed or where the bed needs to be. uh, And then you can try it for a hundred nights. If you don't love it, they'll refund all of your money. No questions asked. It's Casper. Sleep in comfort. Sleep cool every night. Get a Casper mattress. Try yours for 100 nights free with shipping and returns. If you don't love it, just return it. You get $50 off the purchase of your select mattress if you use the promo code Beck at Casper.com. That's the promo code Beck at Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to the program. Tonight at 5 o'clock, only on the Blaze TV, we're going to be uh, showing you Corruption. We're going to show you a little bit about the Manafort uh, trial and show you why uh, it's not him. It's not just him. This is a very big business, and uh, nobody's really talking about that. We'll get into that at 5 o'clock today. Also, some interesting news about the Supreme Court ruling that came out a little while ago about uh, unions. Mm-hmm. You had to force public sector union members to pay dues even if they didn't want to. That was reversed, obviously, completely unconstitutional. Right. However, it took till now to get it reversed. Uh, and they're saying now unions are taking a beating because of this. Uh, they, Pennsylvania stopped collecting agency fees from 24,000 state workers that totaled $6.6 million la, uh, in the last year. Um, one estimate, New York State will lose $112 million in agency fees from Jeez. state and local workers. On and on and on and on. They have the, all the details. Uh, I like this, though. Mike Stone, a child support worker in Washington, had been trying to stop paying dues to the Washington federal state uh, uh, employees since the court's decision in June. The union has denied his request. The catch is that he signed a union card in March and didn't notice that he had to agreed he had agreed to pay dues for the next year. It's in very small print, and unfortunately, I missed that part, said Mr. Stone, 35. He wants to recover more than $600 taken out each year. What's interesting is, if this is happening around the country in these states 
where people just signed the cards and didn't realize it. That's all going to expire at mm-hmm. the end of the year. So they're going to take this huge hit now. They're going to take an, another hit next year when people are able to actually make that choice and aren't locked into a previous decision they didn't know they made. So it's interesting how, you know, all the unions are important and I really appreciate my union. And as soon as you don't have to pay the fee, you're out. <laughs> you're out. Yes. It's kind of like that with taxes, isn't it? Mm. No, taxes are patriotic. It's wonderful until you have to pay for them. And then somebody gives you an out, you take it. Glenn Beck Mercury.